0: Hey, it is good to be here with you all and to be able to, to. Continue in this great series of the book of Galatians. We are just a couple away from getting our whole way through this book. I think it's been an awesome journey and just looking forward to us just being able to continue it. Today we look at a pretty famous passage. uh, And this passage is going to be, I think, actually familiar to you in a lot of ways. It's the passage that is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. And so because it could be familiar to you, because for some of you it might be new, but for some of you it might be something that you've, you know, memorized songs or verses as a little kid and and all that. Like, sometimes you have to work a little bit harder to get into these ones and to to keep, you know, keep your attention on these passages that might be more familiar. So I challenge you because I think that God really has something for each one of us today in this. Uh, So it's Galatians five. 22 to 26. Uh, I encourage you to turn there now, but also to pull out uh, this sheet in your bulletin. So hopefully you grabbed one, because also in there was a little blank white piece of paper that you're going to need in a bit. Uh, but it's okay. We'll be able to grab something else if you, if you didn't get one. But uh, that little white piece of paper, don't just doodle on it or whatever. Save it. We're going to use it. Okay? Uh, so it is the fruit shows the walk. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit shows that we're walking by the Spirit. So let's read the passage and see where we're at. Galatians 5, 22-26. is has just gone through a bunch of these deeds of the flesh. So we even talked about these a couple weeks ago. The deeds of the flesh are all these kind of intense things. And then we go into here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. All right, so that's, that's the core of it. That's the passage we're talking about, this famous verse, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And what I want to do as we go through this is to show us how I believe the fruit shows the walk, okay? The fruit of the Spirit displayed in your life is an indicator or displays that you are walking by the Spirit. It's like um, an indicator light. You know, I don't know how many of you, you know, have a car with an indicator light. I feel like recently I just was able to have a car that even had indicator lights because I was driving such an old piece of junk car. But, you know, now I have a car that would tell me, you know, with, you know, like, if, like simple ones, like if you're low on gas, obviously, but tire pressure, oil pressure, like some of these sorts of indicators. Now you can choose when you get that indicator To just ignore it, that can be your choice. But, you know, eventually, it's going to be probably okay for a little bit, but eventually you're going to run out of gas, or your car's going to burn out, or whatever's going to happen. Your tire's going to blow, and you're going to crash, and that's not what we want. And so these indicator lights are important for us, and that's kind of how I think, the way I want us to look into the fruit of the Spirit today as this indicator for us of how we are walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit. And, you know, so we look at verse 25, just again, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So we're going to flip this. We're going to do the last two verses first. Then we'll talk about the actual like, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. So this last part, if we live by the Spirit, let's also walk by the Spirit. It is this thing that we are saved by the power of God, and we also live by the power of God. The same Spirit of God that saves us, gives us life, it's the Spirit of God that then gives us the strength, the power, the ability to walk and live each day for the Lord. We aren't just saved and then we're done. No, we are being changed by the gospel. That's part of our vision statement, that we are continually being changed by the power of God, the work of the gospel in our lives. And so we want that to be a continual thing. And so we live, we walk by the Spirit. So it says this thing, walk by the Spirit in verse 25. Now, if you look back in your Bible a little bit, you'll see verse 16 in our New American Standard Bible, these Bibles that are in the purex here. It says, "Uh, but I say walk walk by the spirit in verse 16 and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh then in 25 if we live by the spirit let us also walk by the spirit it's just interesting the same thing is kind of sandwiching this whole part that we've been looking at of deeds of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit However, these actually are different Greek words, okay? So when you have what, what we see in our New American Standard is just walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. They're actually two different Greek words. If you got your outline, it, it kind of describes some of what I'll, I'll talk through here. Is that in verse 16, it's this Greek word parapateo, which most of the time is just plain old walk, Right? The guy walked down the road, right? That's just kind of the main way that it's used. It's all over the Bible, uh, all over the New Testament with just walk. And it also can have a sense of conducting one's life or living, that kind of thing. But it's just more of this sort of normal word of walk. And even... um, In Hebrew, there's a Greek word, or in Hebrew, there's a Greek word. In in Hebrew, there's a word, uh, halach, which means to walk. And then there's this other word, halacha, which is this whole thing, which is like your walk. You know how we have this sort of Christianese expression of, like, how's your walk, brother? You know, that kind of thing. You know, and uh, there's this thing of how's your walk going and all of that. Well, that halakha, that Hebrew thing, was actually something that the Jewish rabbis would talk about as almost like an ethic of life, okay? It was like a rule of life, of social and ethics in life, was the halakha, your walk. That was how you are kind of living out this rule of life. So your walk. And then we get this stuff with walk by the Spirit. And so that's where, you know, some of these roots of some of these, you know, interesting Christianese expressions that we start to have of how's your walk, where somebody that might be new just be like, what do you mean? How's my walk? I'm walking fine. My legs work. You know, it's, it can be weird to people that, you know, are newer to the church when we speak in certain ways. But that's kind of some of where that would come from. Now, then there's this other Greek word in verse 25, which is stoicheo. And this stoikeo word means uh, you can use it as walk, but maybe even some of your Bibles might say keep in, Step okay, keep in step or to walk in a a line okay, to walk in a line almost like maybe troops that would be walking in a single file line or something like that okay, so to walk or to keep in step, and I really like that. Keep in step is kind of like the significance of the difference of what this word is that you would keep in step, and it's kind of like I remember uh, going to the beach as a little kid and I would try to. You know, you have, like, the footprints of somebody else ahead of you, and you try to, like, walk, in, and don't worry, I'm not going to do, like, the whole— it's not the footprints illustration, you know, where, like, Jesus carries you. It's not that one, okay? But it's just the normal. Like, I, I would love as a little kid, like, try to make my feet go in the same steps. Or you do that in the snow or something. You know, and just I try to walk in those same steps. And it's in that same way that we try to keep in step with the steps of the Spirit. You know, we walk in love, joy, peace, that kind of thing. We, we keep in step with, with the movement— of the Spirit. It can even be kind of thought of almost like if you move, I move, like a bit of a dance. Like even there's some metaphor in the scriptures of of like our relationship with the Holy Spirit is like a dance. And you know, I'm not a very good display of a dance, and so I don't want to do too much of it. But you know, as the Spirit moves, we move. We keep in step with the Spirit. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit. And so then you know how this whole time in this book of Galatians, we've been hammering home, especially early on. You might have been, you know, these first like four or five weeks of it, you're like, oh man, are you seriously going to, ever stop talking about the difference between following the law or freedom and how it's like, is it law or is it grace and what is it and all that? Well, I think this part really helps give the answer to all of that. That is the sense that, no, we are not just to follow the law and expect to be loved and accepted and receive salvation from God through following the law. We can't keep the law. But then this other extreme is just complete and total liberty. And what that goes into is the deeds of the flesh. When we have just just, just complete, utter like freedom as our goal. We go into the deeds of the flesh. And that's also far from God. But what we want is to keep in step with the Spirit. That keeping in step with the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, is sort of, it's this answer to how is one to live in this gospel of freedom that we've been talking about in the book of Galatians. We keep in step with the Spirit. And so there we get to this whole thing of that the fruit of the Spirit shows that we are walking by the Spirit. Okay, the fruit is that indicator, right? The indicator of the walk, the evidence of the walk. We'll see that fruit displayed in our life as we are walking and living by the Spirit. Now, one thing I want you to really get here, okay, is that the fruit of the Spirit, it's one fruit, okay? One fruit. One fruit with many flavors, okay? Flavors of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All that to one fruit. The Spirit bears that fruit of nine flavors, okay, or like nine aspects of this one fruit. And some of these things are are tough in the Bible and the theology of even the Trinity, right? One God, three persons, and as we talk about this, of just one fruit, but then it's got nine things to describe that one fruit. But here's the, the kicker of that, is that you don't get to pick the flavors you like and think, well, I'm displaying the fruit of the Spirit because, you know, I'm— I'm kind, but I have no self-control. You know, that's not how it works. Or uh, I want to be loving, but I don't really want to be gentle in the way that I do that, express that. You know? And so we want to have like a sense of, no, 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 this is one fruit displayed in our life. All of it. No picking, no choosing, all of it. And uh, so here is where we're going to get into, all right. What are the parts of the fruit? Now there's nine. So we're going to go through them. And uh, I'm going to try and go relatively quickly. Please don't get lost on me. But I encourage you to grab this. Look at it. They're on the back, the digging deeper part. What you'll see on the screen is what's on this as well. So if you didn't get one, just look up here on the screen. And you'll see as even this first one, love. And we're going to talk through what love means. And then an opposite of love. And then a counterfeit of love, And I think what's important—here's what I want you to do as we're going through this. Okay, I'd love for you to have that this, this list and a pen. And as we're going through it, keep engaged and maybe even start self-assessing. Okay, start thinking about your life. Asking even the Spirit of God to kind of reveal things in your life. And we want to look into this and see, you know, hey— where are some of these I'm doing well? You know, what are some of these where it's really, like, really evident in my life? Are there areas of this where it's not so evident in my life? And, and I want you to be aware of it. Now, what I, I think it's always good to know what something is. It's good to understand the opposite of it. But I think what can be even maybe like extra helpful today is to understand the counterfeit. Because the counterfeit is the way that the enemy tries to deceive you or tempt you in some way. Because that's just kind of like the way that the enemy works throughout Scripture. Um, even if if you've never seen it, uh, Brandon Elrod, who's part of our church, a member of our church, he's written a, uh, this book called The Work of the Holy Spirit. It's in our bookstore. But in it, he talks throughout there about how— um, Like, really, like, Satan and his demons are just a counterfeit, even, of God. And all the ways, like, trying to be a counterfeit of the Spirit and his angels, of all the ways that, that he tries to deceive, it's not often or not always through just something, like, crazy, but it's really through, like, twisting and counterfeiting something that seems good. So be aware of that, all right? So this could be helpful. So be jotting notes, be thinking about this as we go. So love. And, uh, and one other thing, by the way, these are all, like, primarily, uh, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can get into it. Like, they're just with slight differences of how you define all of this stuff. This is, majority of this taken from a guy named uh, Timothy Keller, who's a, a pastor, a theologian, and it's just good stuff. So I encourage you to check it out. Here we go. All right. To serve a person, love, to serve a person for their good and intrinsic value, not for what the person brings you. Okay, so for a more selfless kind of love. And then the opposite is fear or self protection or abusing others. But then the counterfeit is selfish affection where you are attracted to someone and you treat that person well because of how then they treat you or how that makes you feel about yourself. Okay, that's where that love then gets twisted. Okay, that's the counterfeit. All right, so be thinking about yourself as we go through this. The next one, joy. Joy, a delight in God for the sheer beauty and worth of who He is. That we have a joy just because of how great God is in our life. And no matter what happens in our life, it doesn't change the joy because our joy is about God In our life and not about our circumstances. So the opposite is hopelessness or despair, but then the counterfeit again is an elation that's based on experiencing blessing, not the blesser. Okay, and then that makes we can have mood swings based on the circumstances of our life. That's the counterfeit. All right, we keep going. So keep thinking, keep writing. Peace, a confidence and rest in the wisdom and control of God rather than your own. We can just. Right, I have peace, not because of what I can do, but because of how I know God is in control. We have peace in that. So then the opposite of that is that anxiety and worry, but the counterfeit is an indifference or an apathy or just not caring about something. And then we feel like we do that to protect ourselves. Right? Oh, I don't care what happens. So that way you don't have to feel bad about something that happens. But God doesn't want apathy. That's not, necess- that's not how we should be living. So peace. Then patience. An ability to face trouble without blowing up or hitting out. So when something doesn't go your way, when something... You know, we think about patience as if something's taking too long and we can't wait. You know, that's what's most common. But anything that is like trouble and we don't have to react in a blow-up sort of way towards it. Now, the opposite of that then would be resentment toward God and others. And then the counterfeit, again, is similar. A cynicism or a lack of care that this thing's just too small to care about. But we don't want to be pursuing apathy. We want to have a sense of patience and trust in God. Kindness. Okay, kindness, an ability to serve others in a way which makes me vulnerable. And this can come from having a deep inner security. So we are kind, but not just, I don't know, it's, not, it's sort of better than niceness, you know? It's, it's deeper than that, that we can serve others in ways that we would be vulnerable, okay? So we express that kindness in that way. Opposite, envy that leaves me unable to rejoice in another person's joy or happiness, Right, that we want to be able to rejoice in that. So the opposite of it is when we can't. Someone else is succeeding in some way, and we're envious. Counterfeit to kindness, manipulative good deeds, doing good for others so I can congratulate myself and feel like I'm doing good enough, or I'm, you know, I'm just an awesome guy or whatever, or I'm, or I'm earning something from God. All right, goodness, integrity. Being the same person in every situation. So, this is his way of looking at goodness as integrity. Opposite of phony or hypocrite, counterfeit, being truthful without. Love. Being truthful without love. and Getting things off your chest just so you feel better. Okay? So you say something to somebody, but it's not about them, really. It's just about, so oh, okay, now I can feel good. That's not really caring about that person. That's a, a, a counterfeit. Faithfulness, then, and, and we're going quick to this one because it has a similarity. It's loyalty. Courage. To be utterly reliable and true to your word. Faithful to God. Opposite. To be an opportunist or only a friend, you know, in time, in the good times. But then the counterfeit is to be loving but not truthful. So to try to express love or a niceness that isn't also expressing truth. So you've got both. We can't be loving without truth and we can't be truthful without love, right? Okay, so that you're never willing to confront or challenge is that twist. Faithfulness gentleness, just two more. Okay, stay with me. Keep thinking and writing about your own self. That's the point of this, okay? Gentleness, humility, self-forgetfulness, mildness, all right? Opposite, to be superior or self-absorbed, or even like rough as well in that. And then the counterfeit is this weakness or inferiority, because it's not weak to be gentle, all right? Self-control, last one. The ability to pursue the important over the urgent or temperance. Okay, it's a sense of what's important or how you like don't have to go over those go into those things that really don't matter in life. And so the opposite is what we normally think of as the opposite, right? To be impulsive or uncontrolled. But the counterfeit of this, of self-control, it's kind of a weird word self-control when we're saying the spirit does the self-control. I get that the weirdness of that, okay? The counterfeit, though, is that, where it's this willpower based on pride or self, okay? The need to be in actual control of the situation. Okay, so that's all nine, fruit of the Spirit, okay? The nine uh, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, and then that we want to think about that then for yourself. So hopefully you've done some thinking and, and maybe some jotting down, and we're going to kind of continue to self-assess throughout this morning as we consider, are these displayed in my life, right? Are the fruit of the Spirit, is the fruit of the Spirit displayed in my life? And that's what we want to be able to have a sense of as it is this indicator, right? An indicator, something that helps show us where we're at. I know, I know for me, like some, maybe a strength area might be joy. Like, I feel like I have this sense of feeling a joy in the Lord, and I just— like, I love God. I genuinely just love God. And I, well, I'm just so, like, filled with, like, a joy in God. And I feel like I can have a disposition of that, even when life can be hard. Doesn't mean I'm always perfect in that, but I feel like joy is something that, for me, is kind of an area that I see of strength. But I feel like maybe more patience being an area of difficulty, you know? <laughs> like I feel like some indicators for me, like I can have indicators of impatience, of if it's not caring about something, or it's irritability, or being short with people. You know, some of that kind of, it triggers for me, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, okay, you know, something's going on. There's like an indicator to be aware of, of this lack of patience, okay? So, like, kind of be aware of what some of that would be for you in your life. And then you look at, even if it's on your sheet or up here, we look at these differences of the deeds of the flesh— as well as some of what's in like the, end, the very last verse in this passage that we had here. But deeds of the flesh and then the fruit of the Spirit. And so you have all these things. You want to consider, okay, how am I seeing things like, and this was talked through in detail by Pastor Dave a couple weeks ago, but immorality, impurity, sensuality, things like that that feel kind of, big and then there's also things like disputes or dissensions or factions of unhealthy disagreements in this way of the way you treat people in the midst of all of that and how am i seeing that in my life but also how am i seeing then the fruit of the spirit in my life and one thing i want you to really understand about this okay deeds of the flesh deeds of the flesh are just that deeds of ourselves things that we do the works of our flesh us then fruit of the Spirit, he, Paul could have said deeds of the flesh and the fruit of the flesh. But he clearly does not. He says deeds of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit because it's the fruit of God. It's God's Spirit that bears this fruit in you. So our job, our responsibility is to yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To ask the Spirit of God to be working in our lives. And then what we begin to do is keep in step, right? Keep in step with the Spirit. So see this line here? I'm gonna come down, but we've got this line. We want to, keeping in step with the Spirit. Remember, walking in a line or a row, like that, that kind of expression where you've got this sense of, all right, I want to walk in line with the Spirit of God, to keep in step with the Spirit's steps, I want to walk in line with the gospel of Jesus. And so I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, right? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and then we keep in step with the Spirit. So I walk in love. Okay, Spirit, in joy. Peace, You know, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I use the kid's song to remember the words, you know. And so, like, I remember that from when I was a little kid, this silly song. But it just helps me remember them. And so, but we, that's what we do. We keep in step with the Spirit. So each, so I'm going to live my life walking, keep my eyes fixed on Jesus in step with the Spirit. Walk along, and then what happens is, when we look towards something anything, good or bad, other than keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and keeping in step with the Spirit, when we look to something else, we get off track. We get offline, right? And it could be some of these deeds of the flesh that we're looking towards, and it could be some crazy things like sorcery, you know, like whatever, right? Uh, But, you know, most often probably not. Like, even probably more likely is that we would get off track towards, oh, my own willpower, Right? Or, or ways that we're going to express uh, our own strength to do something rather than keeping in step with the Spirit. So we want to walk in step with the Spirit. But like, then what happens is if we get off track... And the role of the church then, and that's, that's who we are. The church isn't the pastors or something, okay? The church is this group of believers. There's a big C church of all the believers in the whole world. And then there's this little C church that's so this local gathering of believers here. We are here gathered. We are the church. The role of the church is when your brother, sister, friend gets off track, we lovingly, graciously, pray with them, pray for them, help them to get back on track, right? And that's kind of our job is to, we help each other. We walk then alongside our friend even, arm in arm, and say, hey, let's walk in line with the gospel. Let's walk in step with the Spirit together. And so we're keeping our eyes on Jesus together. That's what we do for each other. We do that lovingly and graciously, but because it's so easy for us, To get off track, right? You've got, uh, you know, parallel lines. Think about parallel lines. Even like learning about parallel lines in school. That parallel lines will run forever, right? They can just run alongside each other forever. I saw a math teacher nodding. And so, you know, uh, you know, parallel lines run forever. And like if you, uh, but the thing is, if one of those lines just barely ticks over, right? Just the tiniest bit, just the tiniest tick over. You, you look, like, fine for a little bit. Like, it'll look close still for a little bit. But over time, that, you know, you're going to have that separation. You're going to have this sense of, of distance or feeling like you're not in step with the Spirit, right? And so sometimes we get off track. I remember, um, <laughs> I remember when I, one time when I felt off track. This was, I shared maybe a few weeks ago the story of, some of my life in high school where I got involved in some partying and stuff I shouldn't be involved in, and I felt far from God, and I had a moment of, like, a strong moment of the Holy Spirit's conviction and repentance about halfway through my senior year. And then I felt like, really, my life was, you know, then, after that, like, keeping in step with the Spirit. Not always perfect, but but doing better. But I remember it was actually about like a, a month or two before that sort of that moment of strong repentance <laughs> came a moment of realizing I was off track. Now, I hadn't done anything about it yet at this point, but it was kind of, I think, just God speaking to me. And it was from, you know, it was four 17-year-old guys being bored after midnight, and that's never a good thing, you know? Uh, so we were bored, and <laughs> we decided— uh, I lived down in, like, St. Clemente area at the time, and we decided, you know, let's go jump off the pier. That would be fun. Let's do that. And so we decided St. Clemente Pier, though, too crowded, too, you know, like, too many restaurants and businesses around there. Um... We would never have driven as far as Newport. That felt too far, but same problem. So there was a pier back then. This is 1991. There was a pier back then uh, called the Aliso Pier. So uh, this is like the area, Aliso Creek. Uh, the Montage Hotel wasn't built yet, but it's like right by there. There was a pier there, and it was a super tall pier. It was awesome, and nobody was around. So we decided to go, and we were— we were, like, confident. We were, we surfed, and we spearfished, and stuff like that, so we were confident in the water, and we went out, and we put our full suits on. It was, it was winter, and we went out, and um, went down there, parked kind of up, like, up around the, not in the parking lot, up, up the hill, and we sneaked down there, and there's nobody around, so we run out to the end of the pier, and we step over the ledge, and it's kind of creepy because it's dark out, and, you know, it looks taller than it really is, and we jump, and woo, jump, hit the water, it's fun, we're just hooting, having a great time. We swim in, again, kind of creepy, swimming in the ocean at night, uh, but we get into the shore, we're like, let's do it again, so we go, we run around. Um, sorry to, like, people who have their teenage kids here in the room as I'm telling you stories. But, um, <laughs> but then I run around and then go out to the end of the pier and we jump again. Woo! It's just a big rush, having fun, swimming in. We did, like, let's do it again. We run out. And third time, we jump off. We're having fun. We're swimming in. And we get about halfway in when we see whoosh, floodlights from a car in the parking lot. And then we hear this. Attention Swimmers. Please immediately approach the beach and come to the vehicle. This is the police. And we think, oh, no. <laughs> we're busted. Jumping off. You're not allowed to jump off the pier, especially at night. And uh, so we're like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And, like, we're swimming in still. And then right about as we're about to hit the sand, my, one of my friends looks at me and says, let's run. <laughs> and I go, let's do it. And so we ran. We ran. We get up. We pop up and we run. We just start bolting south away from police. And literally, I feel like 10 steps into this. I mean, this is like where I'm like lesson learned. Almost 10 steps into this, I am, my life is off track. (laughs) What am I doing? I'm running from police. And I'm like, this I'm a National Honor Society, good kid, you know, and I'm running from police, and I'm running down, and I'm thinking about all of my college applications that are out there and wondering what's going to happen, and I don't know. I'm just running down the beach, and then uh, we get, it's like, it's kind of rocky, these rocky outcroppings and stuff down that area, and we go up and over a couple rocks, and we get down, and then there's all these, there's these like stoner pothead guys, like smoking weed with a little campfire, and we're like, sweet. Hopefully, they'll get those guys instead of us as we run by them, you know? Because it was 91, and they still, like, maybe did something about that. But, um, you know, so we're, we're running, and we go by these guys. And I'm not looking back. I honestly, at this point, I don't know if, if the police were just like, I'm not getting my feet sandy. You know, we're out of here. Yeah, you know, but who knows? They could have been chasing us. We bolted down. Then there's like a big bluff, big bluff cliff. We climb up the cliff and into a house that was being built. It was just the framed up house only at that point. And so we go through that house down to another street, which was actually in a gated community, down to this other private beach. We go to the end of that beach, and then we hide. And so we just like hide, and we're all scared, you know, like, oh, the cops are after us. You know, and uh, <laughs> it's so stupid at some level. But like, then uh, we and we just hide out there. And then we sneak back to our uh, car like an hour later, which was parked around the corner and all that. And nobody's around. It's just quiet. We get in our car. We drive home. And just got away with it. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Just get away with it. And I, my parents never found out till like, you know, the way later in life when you tell them the story kind of thing. And so <laughs> I, uh, I laid down, though, in bed that night. I laid down in bed that night. And I stared up at the ceiling, and I remember thinking, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what kind of choices am I making? I'm running from police. Like, this is wrong. Like, I really did, without using those words, have a sense of... I am off track. I am not, like, walking in this line. Like, my life has gotten off track in some way. And so we will have these things in our lives. And for me, it was that moment. And then, like, uh, you know, I feel like the Spirit was still working. And maybe, like, a month later is when I had this kind of big repentance, like, um, asking forgiveness of God, like, experience in my life. But we have these times in our life where we realize, and it could be, doing stupid stuff like jumping off a pier and getting chased by cops, or it could just be that you were short with, you know, your spouse or your kids or your friend, or, you know, you were rude to that person. You just feel like yourself getting agitated so easily or whatever it could be, like in your life where it comes out of that you're just not walking in line with the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. Because the fruit... Of the Spirit, then, is that indicator for us. Remember, it's the indicator for us that we are walking in line, that we are keeping in step. We are walking by the Spirit of God. But also, Jesus' walk to the cross allows us to walk in the Spirit. Let's never forget that. Let's never forget that it's Jesus' walk to the cross that allows us to walk in the Spirit. That he went and he took the sins of the world, the sins of me, the sins in your life, and he took them upon himself, the wrath upon himself in that moment. And he died for our sins. But then he rose again in strength and power and victory over sin and death. And that, that that work... And then when he ascends and then he gives the Holy Spirit to us, that we're now indwelled by the Spirit, that work allows us then to walk in the Spirit. So we're saved by the gospel, we live by the gospel, we're saved by the Spirit, we live and we walk by the Spirit of God. So let's keep in step with him. Notice when we're off track and then begin to to pray and seek God and yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life to allow us then to continue to keep in step. So that fruit is the indicator. So I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way. The fruit of the Spirit as the indicator that you are walking by the Spirit. So what we want to do now is continue the self-assessment. Continue to seek the Lord. And you have uh, in your bulletins, uh, you should have that little blank piece of paper, okay? Now, we've also got some kind of description of what to do. But we have these stations around the room, right? We have all these little tables around the room. And at these tables around the room, uh, what what we'll do is you're in your seat. And what I'd love for you to do with this blank piece of paper is to write something on it like uh, one of the deeds of the flesh, okay? It could be a deed of the flesh or it could be a counterfeit of the fruit of the Spirit, some way, maybe as you've been thinking and assessing, something that you're just like, Lord, I, I, I want your forgiveness of this, or I would want your strength and power to be able to, to live this way. I want to yield this temptation to you. Whatever that looks like. Okay? For you, write that thing down on that piece of paper. And then what I want you to do is take that piece of paper as we begin to worship and sing, take that piece of paper to one of these stations. There's a bunch of them around the room. And then crumple it up crumple it up, and then toss it in the bucket. And then you grab one of these pieces of paper that will be at all the stations. And this piece of paper is just, just it displays the fruit of the Spirit, okay? And then you could keep this in your Bible or at home. You can put it somewhere, whatever you want. Just if it can be a helpful reminder to you that the fruit of the Spirit is that indicator to you that you're walking by the Spirit, okay? So we exchange the counterfeit for the truth, we exchange the deed of the flesh for the fruit of the Spirit. So just go ahead, just symbolically throw that in that bucket. As well as you can come and you can receive communion. And when we receive communion, when we eat of the, be- the bread and drink from the cup, we remember that Jesus' walk to the cross allows us to walk by the Spirit. We remember his work on the cross for us. So as we sing, as we worship, I encourage you all to come to write and then come to the stations and then we can stand and we can sing and worship God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we come before you and we are just grateful, Lord, for your work on the cross. We remember it. We're thankful. We don't take it lightly. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to reveal to us the areas of our life that we need to seek out your power and strength more to see the fruit displayed in our life. Our God, I pray that even now as we come, that this could be a moment where you meet us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're also available for prayer at the prayer points as you come up as well.